Hey everyone, welcome to today's podcast. We're gonna talk about the fear of missing out and weight loss because this is one of those subtle fears in the back of our minds that can really sabotage results. Uh, you know you wanna eat better, you know what you should and shouldn't eat, but when it comes time to finally make that decision, you can have this fear that you're missing out on the food. And if you were able to eliminate that fear and not feel like you're gonna miss out on anything, weight loss becomes a lot easier. So how do you deal with that? Uh, the first step is to acknowledge it's there, you know, to realize that this, there is this fear of missing out on something when you say no to some of your favorite foods, right? Now, what is it that you have a fear of missing out on? Well, you know, first response is, uh, I'm going to miss out on the enjoyment of eating it, you know? Um, but there's more than that. And we want to acknowledge all the different pieces of what we're missing out on so that we can deal with it effectively. So yes, there's the flavor of it. There's the feeling of eating it and feeling full. There's the feeling of actually just consuming it, right? That, that feels good. All of these things are enjoyable. And so the idea that we're gonna miss out on some pleasure is unappealing to us. Uh, so that's one piece of it. One more thing we wanna recognize though, just real quick is the emotional piece of it as well. That a lot of times we're using these foods, especially like our favorite tasting foods, a lot of times we're using these foods um, emotionally. And so one extra question you can to ask yourself is, what emotions am I going to miss out on if I don't eat that food? And this is a really interesting question. And again, it's different for each situation, but sometimes, you know, obviously you're missing out emotionally, the pleasure, right? We, we kind of touched that, touched that one already, but you might also be missing out on the relaxation, right? You might assume, well, if I get to sit and eat my pint of ice cream, that's how I relax and unwind. Um, you know, you might think oh, this is my companionship, you know, literally, I mean, this may sound strange, but there's a lot of emotions we can attach to food. So there's no, you know, there's no embarrassing emotions you may feel from food. They're all kind of weird, you know? And so this, there's nothing wrong with that. Just acknowledging them is the first step though. So let's just say, well, I feel, I feel lonely. I'm going to go eat some ice creams. It makes me feel less lonely. Right. And so there's a sense of companionship with it because you may associate ice cream with companionship. Okay, it doesn't matter. There's all these different emotions. But as you're able to identify and articulate what emotions you might be missing out of, if you say no to them, that brings us towards the solution. Okay, so the solution, emotional, let's kind of start there, is that you can begin asking the question, what are some ways, that, what are some other ways I can relax? I, I don't want to eat that food. I want to lose some weight. What are some other ways I can relax? What are some other ways I can feel companionship, feel less lonely, right? What can I do? Um, then we want to come down and now what we want to do is we actually want to turn the fear of missing out kind of backwards and use it on itself, right? And so what I mean by that is that a lot of times in that moment when we get fixated on the food and what we want to eat, and then we say, no, I can't eat that. And now we feel this fear of missing out. The way we're thinking in that moment is we're missing a huge piece of the puzzle, which is what about the fear of missing out on our ideal body? What about the fear of missing out on our best self? Right. If our best self is eating well, looking good, feeling good, feeling as best as we possibly can, the more we think about that version of, of yourself, the more you start to use that fear of missing out on the fear of missing out on the food. OK, so we're literally using the fear of missing out, but we're using it strategically so that we get ourselves fixated on the fear of missing out on who we could be, who we want to be, how we want to live, how we want to feel. And so that's a very interesting piece of the whole thing as well. So. There's kind of two ways to handle this. One is, again, using the fear of missing out on itself, you know, and really fixating somewhat consistently, somewhat regularly. Um, how do I want to feel? You know, what is the best version of me when I'm eating in control, when I feel good, when I have all my kind of ducks in a row and I'm living the way I want to live? How does that feel? 
the more you connect to that, the more you think about it, the more you start to generate this desire for it. And the stronger your desire for that thing, the stronger your fear of missing out on it if you don't get it. Okay. Understand a lot of the food, that fear of missing out and that desire that you feel for the food, it's not just natural. Yes, it is pleasurable. It's enjoyable. But a lot of that's manufactured and increased unnaturally because of constant commercials and reinforcement of that message. Right. So the more you start to focus on who you want to be and how you want to look and how you want to feel, the more you start to generate, you know, that desire to want to be that version of yourself. And again, simultaneously build up that fear missing out on it. Okay, so that's that's the big one. Um, The cognitive way to approach fear of missing out is to analyze it a bit, you know, start to really look. What am I worried about missing out on? And again, we're going to kind of use the two against each other. Um, what are you f- scared of missing out on? What you're scared of missing out on is, is a momentary pleasure of how it feels to eat it, right? Some of the emotional pieces that come with it. And as you start to become more mindful and aware of what you think you're missing out on, it simultaneously allows you to become more mindful of what is the pleasure you're getting out of the food in the first place, right? So as you become more mindful and you start to eat more mindfully, you start to, in real time, appreciate the pleasures and the joy of eating that food. And a lot of times you're going to realize it's not as enjoyable as you thought it was going to be. And so just being mindful for that experience and realizing that I thought the pleasure was up here, but it's actually a lot closer to here. That helps you resolve some of that fear missing out because you start to realize it's not really that great. And we, we add on to that by being mindful and paying attention to five, 10 minutes after you say no to the food, right? So let's just say you're tempted to eat some ice cream. Then you say no. I'm not, I don't want it. But instead of keeping your mind focused on how good that ice cream would have been, instead you shift your focus and your mindset on focusing on how do I feel now that I said no? How do I feel um, making that decision? If I continue to make decisions like this, where do I believe it's going to bring me to? If I'm in my ideal weight, at my goal weight as the person I want to be, how does that feel? And so as you start to focus on your good decisions and the consequence that follows, because as soon as you make a good food decision, there's instant pleasure from that, right? You feel better about yourself. Now you can feel fear missing out, right? That you're missing out on something, but you can also focus on how much better you feel, right? And so this is where being able to control your mind is really, really helpful. And so what ends up happening is you, you kind of take the fear of missing out and you flip it upside down by as much as you can focusing on how you want to feel, how you want to look, how you want to live. And the more you focus on that, now all of a sudden when it comes time to eat the food, you kind of say, I don't want that because I don't want to miss out I'm being the person I want to be. I don't want to miss out on 10 minutes from now feeling good about myself physically, mentally, and emotionally. You see? So again, we're using that fear of missing out ultimately almost on itself, you know, to get you to eat the right things and do it naturally and easily. All right. And you do that through the, some of the steps that I've, I've shared with you here. Again, being more mindful, paying attention, you know, first step, just acknowledging it. Just being aware of this fear of missing out, first of all, and then going into it more, starting to understand it a bit. And as you seek to understand it, you know, and you use some of these strategies I shared with you, again, it's a process, understand that, but you can ultimately get to this place where you, and again, we would call this, this fear of missing out and everything I've been talking about here is this subconscious programming. It's happening below the surface. You're not aware of it, but it's there, it's running, and it's driving a lot of your behaviors. So as we kind of reprogram ourselves for these processes I'm sharing with you, you start to naturally start to move in the direction you want to go in, in terms of your eating, your behaviors, and ultimately your weight and your health. All right. But it starts with awareness, recognizing this fear of missing out feeling that's kind of subtle, questioning it. You know, what exactly do I think I'm missing out on? What is the pleasure? Focusing more on the goal body that you want to have, the person you want to be. 
as much as possible and then eating mindfully to really calibrate that. Is this as enjoyable as I thought it was? It's probably not. And how much better do I feel when I make healthier choices, even in the short term? And as you start to consistently think this way, you change a lot of how you're thinking and ultimately how you behave. And that is a much better strategy to start changing your weight. Right? So I hope this helps you out. Um, if anyone has any questions, feel free to ask them. I am seeing just like 6,000 people joining and stuff, and it's getting me confused. Let me see here. Did that fix it? Uh, let's see. Let's see. Um, I may have I may have missed some of your questions. It is somehow showing me like every person that joins and doesn't join now, and it's confusing. I had a hard time keeping up with comments before. <laughs> Anyways, if you asked a question and I didn't see it, I'm sorry. I see um, Taney, if that's your name, how you pronounce it. Um, what if you only consistent for three days and you overeat the fourth day and just feel bad about yourself? Yeah, great. Okay, Taney, let's talk about that. Because that is one of the, the most common things that a dieter has to deal with. And I think this is, this is a core thing. In programming yourself, then I just want to make clear... We really, I always suggest a, a 4-2 model or a 5-2 model. Five days clean eating, two days pleasure eating. Exactly for this reason. I think the big mistake people make with dieting is they kind of put themselves on this. I always think of like an endurance test, right? If you know what an endurance test is, they, they strap you up, measure your heart and all these other measurements. And they'll have you walk on a treadmill, walk, run it, jog it. And, and it's an endurance test. We're just going to see how long you can do it for. Right? There's no beating the endurance test. Right? You're going to break the machine. Um, you're going to stop before the machine stops. So it's just a test to see how long you can go. And I think a lot of times people are approaching their weight loss like this. They're starting with some strict plan, jumping into a day one being 100% perfect. And it's just a matter of time until they make a mistake, just like you said. So you're consistent for three days, great. The fourth day comes, you overeat, and now you feel like you blew it. Right Now, you didn't blow it because if we look at it statistically, four days, that's a 75% improvement over what you typically do probably. So that's amazing. That's great. But you don't feel that way. That's the problem, right? So we're in a real problem when you're doing good things, 75% better, but you feel like a failure. You see, that's the mindset piece, folks. Do you know, see what I mean? I, I, and this is 90% this is what I work with my clients. I, literally, I had a client um, the other day, a very smart, successful, the guy's in movies. I, I mean, he's a celebrity client successful smart too not not just pretty face a smart smart person very successful and um they get on and they go ah, i don't know i'm not feeling that great and so what happened this week i stepped on the scale i lost two pounds and i feel like giving up right? you say what and so you realize it, it's not the it's not what's happening so much as an interpretation right there's stimulus interpretation in the way we feel about it and so we can feel bad about anything this person lost weight and feels bad right? You did great for three days. You did great on track. One day you messed up and now you feel like a failure, even though three out of four is wonderful, right? And so this is what I say about the mindset piece, because if we don't deal with our mindset, this is exactly the type of thing that happens where you just feel like no matter what I do, I can't win, you know? So again, it's no big deal. You know, if you, maybe that's the model for you, maybe every four days, right? You could do a four, four day model every four days, three of the days I eat really well. One day I'm off track a bit. Then I get back on track. Three days I do well. If you do that for a month, you're going to lose weight. You do that for a year, you're going to be at your goal weight probably, depending where you're at, you know? And so again, it's all framing. It's all the mindset of how you approach it. And so I get you feel bad about yourself, but it's purely because of the context in which you think about weight loss, where you think you have to start day one and you're going to go all the way to your goal weight and, and that's how you're going to succeed. And that's complete and utter bullshit. Um, 
you know, the most important skill of mastering your weight is to be able to get back on track quickly. There is no perfection. You know, and this is the biggest bullshit the diet industry has sold us. This concept of we have to be perfect in order to lose weight. You do not. You just need to be better. And being better is a lot easier than being perfect. There's a great saying that don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. And this is a great example of that, right? You had a 75% improvement over four days, but you feel like a failure, right? When that's the case, you, you got to approach things differently. So what you did is great. It's how you're thinking about it is the main thing I would say. So I hope that that helps. Um, oh, I do not know. There is some setting I have hit and it is showing me every single... It's just showing me every single person that comes in. Well, I don't know why this is happening, but I'm tr I'm trying to get your questions. If you ask them, I can't even tell if I'm getting them or not. Um, I just scroll up. Yeah, it's never done this before. Uh, Tanya says, "Any suggestions to do what to do after dinner? I always want sweets after dinner." Okay, yeah, great. Um, yeah, after dinner. That's a big one for a lot of people. Usually the after dinner evening snacking is one of the big challenges for people. Uh, so I would say the first thing I would do, now I'm going to give you, let me back up a step here. With program yourself, the number one rule is that there's no right or wrong. There's only what works for you. Okay. Because I want you to bounce things off of yourself. I could give you my strategy, but that's a strategy that works for me. And I think this is so important in the weight loss world as well because we just have nonstop stream of people telling you what to do. Well, they don't know you. You don't know them. Maybe it'll work for you. Maybe it won't. But if you stop looking for someone to give you the perfect plan that's just going to fit you like a glove, like well, how could that work? Um, instead, if you look at it like a process of try, trial and error, figuring out what works for you and what doesn't, and then building your own process. Okay. That being said, I want sweets after dinner. Uh, on the same way, the thing that has worked for me well is using a high-quality chocolate. If I eat a high-quality chocolate after dinner, I work. I, I feel pretty good. I, I kind of satisfy that sweet craving, and I go about my night comfortably without eating anymore. Okay, so you may not like chocolate. I don't know, but I guess what I'm saying is, if you look for a high-quality sweet, w would be my first step. Now, the second step, you know, is that I've also noticed that if I don't want to eat sweets after dinner, uh, I my sweet craving will last on average 15 to 30 minutes or so. And I notice after the 30 minutes, it kind of fades away a bit. So I would experiment with that uh, with you, um, experiment to see if that's true for you. Um, but I would definitely experiment with how long you crave sweets for, first off. Then I would go and look for high-quality sweets. Um, again, I think high-quality chocolate is a great one because I'm talking like, like two squares of chocolate. And it's funny, too, because I've eaten shit-quality chocolate. You know what I mean? And it doesn't taste that great. And I'm like, eh. And then like five, ten minutes later, I want more of it. And I eat a higher-quality chocolate. I enjoy it. It's satisfying. And it, it kind of deals with the cravings for the rest of the night. So that's me. Um, fruit's another good one if you want to stick away from just regular sugar. Uh now, again, you know, so, you know, you might just be used to hear, say, well, you shouldn't eat sweets after. Again, I'm all about practical solutions. And so, yeah, the most obvious answer is don't eat any sweets after, after dinner. You know I mean, weight loss is so frustrating me in this way because it's just a bunch of assholes up in there. <laughs> I'm joking. They're not assholes. There's people trying to help you, but it's everyone just like giving you the most obvious shit. Like, like, oh, you didn't know you shouldn't eat sugar. You shouldn't eat extra calories. You shouldn't eat refined carbs. Everyone knows this. But we're human beings living in a, a, a very tempting reality. 
And so I think it's about balancing out what you're actually going to do long term. And I could sit here and just throw you all the exactly perfect things. Huberman's like that. I love the guy. But it's like, okay, I mean, are you going to live this life of this? Like, these are all just based on studies of what's absolutely ideal. Yeah, it sounds great. But are you really going to live that way? You know what I mean? Like, so, so again, I could sit here and say, oh, don't eat any sweets after dinner. You know, but um, you got to find out what works for you. I know I can eat a couple pieces of chocolate after dinner and I'm good, you know. And so, um, again, what I want to, in closing, I just want to get you focused on um, experimenting. What works for you best to get you through that period of time, you know? And um, I will tell you, part of what I think goes into that as well is eating enough during the day and eating enough fiber during the day. I think fiber is probably one of the number one things people are lacking in their diet, and it's one of the main things that's causing you to be hungry all the time. And if you start putting more fiber in natural forms, um, not powders, not Metamucil, but through vegetables, fruits, grains, beans. If you get those fibers in your body, I think you're within a couple of weeks, you're going to realize you feel way more satisfied and way less hungry. And so that, in addition with the, the good chocolate, has, has been very helpful for me and water. Um, so, yeah, hope that helps you out. This is, I don't know why this is all showing me all the joint people. This is nuts. <laughs> good time. Oh, I like, I, I hope that was helpful to you. Um, Boy, this is so annoying. I don't mean to keep talking about this, but it's like usually just it puts all the comments there. And now it's got like every single person that's joined or not. Um, when did, when should you weigh yourself in the morning when you wake up or before you sleep? Uh, I, it doesn't matter, really. I think what matters with weighing yourself is being consistent, doing it at the same time. Um, now, that being said, I'm going to share this with you. If you're going to use this scale, thanks for the rose, Tanya. If you're going to use this scale during your weight loss um, I would suggest, I'm a big believer in using it every day. Um, if I'm going to weigh myself every day, I'm going to do it either day or night. It doesn't matter, I don't think. I think just doing it consistently is the main thing. And I like every day. I think weighing yourself once a week is just a recipe for disaster because one thing I learned from weighing myself every day is that my weight can fluctuate five, six pounds in a day, in 24 hours. And um, knowing that, you know, you could step on the scale one week and you're down four or five pounds and you, nothing changes. Your weight stays exactly the same, but... The next week you step on it and you're up four or five pounds. Well, it looks like you put eight pounds on that week, you know? And if you just weighed yourself the next day, you'd realize they'd evened out. So, so that's a real thing that can happen. Maybe your body doesn't fluctuate as much as mine does, but that's a really important piece to, to notice. So I'm a big believer in weighing yourself every day. I think it sends a signal to your subconscious mind that this, we're taking this seriously. I think it helps you get over emotional issues you may have attached to the scale, right? Which there are probably a lot of. Um, so again, I, I think there's some inner work you have to do in order to use the scale appropriately. Ultimately, the scale is just a, a, a measurement tool, you know? And so you want it to feel like, ideally, like, like when you're driving your car, you're not worried to look at the speedometer. You're not worried to see you're going faster than you thought you were or slower than you thought you were. You look at it, you see where you're at, and you, you adjust accordingly. And so if you feel confident that you can control your weight, the scale takes on a different kind of feeling. And so that's where I'd like you to get. But, but yeah, if you're weighing yourself, I would definitely suggest... Yeah, if you weigh yourself in the morning when you wake up, you might be lighter. You know what I mean? So there's that. Um, but who gives a shit? It's really about the changes that happen. And so as long as you're consistently weighing yourself same time of day, um, either one should be fine. Um, Vivana, why don't why I don't lose weight no matter what diet and exercise I do? I'm in menopause, though. Um, I mean, it's probably because you're not sticking with a plan long enough. So, you know... Why I don't lose weight no matter what diet or exercise I do is probably because you stick with the diets and the workouts for a couple of weeks, most likely, I'm going to say. 
That's the big one. Don't get mad at me. That, that's just the most common thing. Come on, you know? Um, beyond that, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, are there situations where it's harder for people to lose weight on diets they used to lose diet, weight with, and now they're not? Yeah, menopause, is it real? Yeah, absolutely. Can you lose weight in menopause? Yes, absolutely. You know? So, um, again, I, I think every time I hear no matter what diet and exercise I do, I feel like that's a person who's already pre-framed that's not going to work for them. They try different stuff for a week or a couple of weeks, and then they, they don't get the results they want, and then they, they go off it. Because in those couple of weeks... Or that week, those two weeks, they don't lose any weight. Um, it just validates what they thought. I'm done. That, tell me that's not true. And don't bullshit me. <laughs> Let's be honest, right? But that's usually the case, why, why people aren't. So I'm just going to stick with that one. 16-hour um, versus 18-hour fast, please explain. Uh, you know, I'm not a fasting expert. I have seen that stuff. I don't believe it. Um, and I, I usually find stuff like that is more harmful than good because... My experience is more with people that intermittent fasting hasn't worked for them. And um, usually when we get down to the nuts and bolts of it is because they don't want to not eat for 16 hours. You know, so I am sitting here in front of you as someone who's been intermittent fasting for 30 years. I never called it that. Um, when I first started doing, there was no intermittent fasting. I wanted to stop eating at night. I was snacking at night all the time. And so I wanted to cut that back. And so my intermittent fasting, which I'm going to call intermittent fasting. And again, I know there's people who might say, that's not, that's not intermittent fasting. My intermittent fasting, I stop eating 6, 7 o'clock at night. I start eating the next day, 7 or 8 o'clock. It's 13 hours-ish. That's all. Oh, it's intermittent fasting. You're missing those two hours, the most important two hours. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't believe that. And I think a lot of people, in their hopes of getting to 16 hours of not eating, can't do it. And then they just go back to eating for 16 hours. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Now, I'm not a doctor, and so maybe I'm totally missing something there. But um, I find more, more often than not, people can't get to the 16 hours comfortably. They do it for a couple of days, a couple of weeks, and they stop doing it. And so who gives a shit 16 or 18 hours, you know? Is one better than the other? I'm not the person to answer that. So I wish I could answer that for you, but, but I'm not that expert. Um, I work in a biscuits factory and overeat all the time, even when I don't want to. Yeah, a biscuits factory would be a challenge for sure. Um, although... At the end of the day, you know what I mean? The way I approach weight loss with people is it's really about weight mastery. And so if you, everyone's got challenges, every single person's got challenges they got to deal with. And so it's the same process every time, whether you work in a biscuits factory or not, you know, everyone's got challenges. And so it's about articulating, it's about identifying, articulating those, those challenges and then working on strategies to deal with them. So at the end of the day, it's the same thing. Now, this is a complete different approach than the diet industry right? Diet industry is giving you, they're telling you what to do and you're supposed to just be able to do it. Hey, Taney, stop eating biscuits. Oh, okay. But how are you supposed to do that? And that's where I feel like most weight loss plans are lacking. There's never any strategy or, or support in how do I get myself to do that? How am I supposed to stop eating biscuits? I work in a factory. Okay, well, you, so you use willpower for a week when you're really motivated, it works, and then you're back to eating biscuits. That's not a long-term strategy. So again, if we were working together, we would identify that as probably your worst, maybe that's your worst habit is you're overeating biscuits at the factory, okay? And so we would go into strategies of how you could eat more moderately there. And we would work on things that genuinely resonated and worked for you, and we would work to implement those, you know? So again, there's not one thing I can tell you, you know, God damn. If I was a personal trainer, I suppose, and I love personal trainers, I don't, I'm not picking anyone, but I'm just trying to show you that the, the quality of, of weight loss information coming at you pretty much across the board is very superficial. 
And I don't give a shit. It could be based on the most in-depth medical science that ever existed. But it's still, the suggestion's still superficial, which is that, oh, do this. You should do this. Do this. Stop eating that. Stop doing that. Which is all behavioral. And the idea that you're just going to change your behaviors because you decide to one day is just completely negates everything we know about the brain and the mind and everything you should know about yourself. Do you just do things you know you should? Or are you like every other human on the planet who does dumb shit that you don't have? Why do I keep doing this? I don't understand why I keep doing this dumb thing. I don't understand why I can't get myself to do this good thing. Are you not like that? Because if you're not, you're you're the one human. Congratulations. (laughs) All right. You wouldn't be listening to this live if you were, though. And so if you're like the rest of us, yeah, we we got this problem. Hmm, I I know I shouldn't eat biscuits, but I keep eating them. What the hell? Oh, go read Weight Watchers. Just start counting your points. Well, that doesn't answer the problem that there's biscuits in front of me and I can't stop eating them. Oh, well, maybe you should do keto. In keto, you don't eat any biscuits. Are you fucking hearing me? (laughs) The problem isn't that I know I shouldn't eat the biscuits. I don't know how to stop eating them. And that's where everyone finds themselves. And it makes me crazy because... It's like, it's just, Jesus, you don't need a plan. You're not a meal plan away from losing all the weight. I could give you the meal plan sent down from the heavens. Here you go. And you're still going to have the exact same problem with every other meal plan that's currently out there is that you don't know how to change your behaviors. So anyways, that's what needs to be focused on. And if you don't know, by the way, um, how to do any of this stuff mindset wise go to my bio click that link and get the hypnosis session i give you a free hypnosis session it's a kickstart session the new thin me help you clarify and connect to the ideal person you want to be um so you'll motivate yourself kind of from the inside out that's free you can listen to it and then i give you a training three steps to master your weight that's yeah yeah how to watch if you're struggling to lose weight or have been for a while and it's primarily because you know what you should do but you can't get yourself to do it that's what i talk about and Let's be honest, you're not hearing a lot of that stuff. So it'd probably behoove you <laughs> to, to opt into my email list and, and watch that training. And I just uh, got a new program. I just gave away for free. It's a seven-day email program for, for your mindset. And um, that's really good. And it's just free. I, I give you all this stuff for free. I have a coaching program too. So yes, yes, you can pay to work with me as well. But um, I, I give you a lot of stuff for free as well. I'm doing a three-day fruit-only diet. Thought, just to jumpstart. I need to lose 20 pounds. Um uh, a three-day fruit-only diet, again, I don't think anything's good or bad. I just think it's how you're approaching it. Um, and what a lot of people do, and it, all, it, it doesn't matter what are the specifics, who gives a shit? You're, you're water fasting, you're 1,000 calories, 500 calories for three days, whatever. Why are you doing that? I want to jumpstart my weight loss just to prove I can do it. Okay. Um, to me, I only invest my energy into things that are going to last me long-term. You know, And so I'm not against a three-day fruit diet if... You're like, ah, I really want to condition myself to enjoy. Thanks, Don. Um, I want to condition myself to enjoy the flavor of fruit. You know, I want to eat fruit and see how I feel. Um, a spiritual, I want to be, I want to have three light days where I'm just kind of, it's easy for my body to digest and, and all the rest of it. You know, great. Okay. If I want to do a three-day fruit diet so I can lose weight, why? Because what's going to happen day four? You know, you're going to, oh, oh, I'm down five pounds. Oh, shit, this is great. Day four comes, you start eating normal and you put five pounds on. And now you're disappointed and frustrated and you're no better off. So I always worry about that aspect of it. But as long as you've got that part figured out, then then great. But those are my thoughts on it. Um, me personally, I'm not dedicating any energy, time, effort to something that's not going to last me long term. I don't want short term only results. Oh, yeah, this is just to kickstart it. Is it? Is it? Because what are you doing? I mean, and again, I'm not saying that there aren't benefits to eating three days of fruit, but but. Make sure you focus on those benefits because most likely what's going to happen is you're going to wake, cut your calories down for three days, 
right? Eating fruits a sneaky way and way cut your calories out. That's all you eat. And you're going to lose some weight. And then day four is going to come and you're going to start eating and you're going to put weight back on. And so how are you going to deal with that? that? That's to me the more interesting question. Okay. Um, yeah. So, um, Helen, I want to lose fat, but people on TikTok all say different things. Can you say step for step what to do? Um, yeah, everyone says different stuff, don't they? Uh, you know, everybody's different. You know, that's an, another thing to remember. Um, you want to lose fat. I mean, ultimately what it comes down to is reducing your calorie intake, your, your average calorie intake. Um, is, is the average, right? You could work out more. You could eat the same you eat now and just work out more. That usually doesn't work out well for most people. Um, usually reducing the calories in a strategic, systematic way um, is, is a smart way to go about it. And so that's what I would say to you. I mean, the step-by-step, you know, I don't know. I mean, the first step, I suppose, would be go get my, that hypnosis session I was talking about, watch the training I talk about. Because the step-by-step, I mean, I can't step-by-step it because like you, you have a dieter mindset. You have a dieter mindset. Probably much all of you watching this right now have a dieter's mindset. It's not your fault. You've been conditioned to think like a dieter your entire life. I mean, you've literally seen millions of diet ads in your life. And you think about weight loss as a dieter. And so you have this mindset. The way you think about all of that stuff is like a dieter. And the core problem with thinking like a dieter is that you're thinking short term. You're thinking, I'm going to diet until I lose the weight. And I would suggest that you change your goal from wanting to lose weight to wanting to live at your goal weight forever on your autopilot. These are two completely different goals because wanting to lose weight, we get very dramatic and we do extreme things just to lose the weight quickly, right? But that's not the goal. You've lost, you all lost weight before and put it back on. Are you, are you thrilled? Are you just living in the glory days when you lost the weight or do you feel like shit that you put the weight back on? Right. So make the goal. I can't tell you anything more important than this, you know, because when you're, I mean, I'm not going through it today. I just don't feel like it, but I, but I do this all the time where I go through the diet or mindset because Again, it's just fixated on, I just want to lose the weight. And you don't just want to lose the weight. You want to keep the weight off. You want to live it at your goal weight. That distinction is so crucial right from the beginning because they're literally two different goals. And they seem similar a little bit, but they're totally different. And so, you know, the step-by-step for how do I lose fat is you consume less calories on average, you know? And so what's the step-by-step system to do that? Well, my step-by-step system is different because there's, I have three pillars of weight mastery i make a pyramid shape i call it the weight mastery pyramid the bottom level is mindset the next level is lifestyle and then the top level the smallest level is eating and most people just try and focus on the eating piece and they're missing 80 percent of the process you know so to me if you want to lose fat fat step by step i mean it's going to sound this is vague to the point of meaning nothing practically but at least it'll conceptually let you realize dieting you just want me to tell you what to do you want me to tell you some dieting trick some tricky way of how to reduce calories that make your fat just turn into a fat burning furnace. Okay. So the first thing I do is get rid of that fucking mindset. It's bullshit. And so what we need to do is we need a real mindset, a mindset built on the real goal of living at your goal weight for the rest of your life. You've got two mindsets, by the way, you've got an overweight mindset and a dieting mindset. That's it. And you flip and flop between the two for your whole life. And you will continue to do that until you develop a thin, healthy mindset. But it's a, you, you don't even hear what I'm saying, folks? <laughs> like, you're not even, you're, this isn't even in your awareness. You're, there's no part of you. And you're saying, a lot of you are saying, fuck you, Jim. Just, just tell me how to eat. Just give me the meal plan. Well, that's the problem. You're going to keep on. How do you explain? You tell me. If you, have you ever lost a lot of weight? Do you know anyone who's lost a lot of weight and then put it all back on? How do you explain that? 
<laughs> Thanks for the donut. How do you explain it, right? Because they, they, they had the ability, the skill, the genetics, the body to lose the weight, and then they put it all back on. So what happened? What happened? How do you explain it? Most people have no explanation for this. I, I'm not saying my explanation is right, but I feel like I have the most in-depth understanding of it that I hear. <laughs> I don't hear a lot of good stuff. I had to create a lot of shit on my own. But it's, again, if we, if we go back to that model, how does someone, 95% of people, the estimates, 95% of people that lose weight put it back on? How is this? Well, let's go to the mindset piece. What is it true? Does this ring true at all that maybe you have two mindsets, an overweight mindset, which is a normal one when you put the weight on, and then a diet mindset when you're freaking out and you got to lose the weight and you cut all your calories dramatically, and then you just go back and forth between them. You know, very rarely does someone create a thin, healthy mindset. So I think the mindset's the most important piece. You got to get that straight. Um, then the lifestyle piece. The lifestyle piece, it's not more important than the eating. The eating physically directly like like if i could put you in jail and control your calories like i, I could control your eating and put you like in, in a situation then then fuck your lifestyle and your, <laughs> your mindset you know it doesn't matter right but you live in a free world so, so you need to have those things dialed in you know but yeah if i just control your eating yeah i'll make you lose weight okay but you're not in that situation so you've got to figure out how to control your mindset and you've got to get your lifestyle under control because if you're just trying, to, and what most people are trying to do, they're just trying to focus on the eating. That's like trying to build a house from the roof down. It doesn't work. You know it doesn't work. It hasn't worked for you. It doesn't work for anyone you know. And yet, that's all people try and do. I don't know why. I mean, it's because it's the only message you ever get, you know, whatever. But So step for step, yeah, that's it. Get your mindset straight, get your lifestyle straight, and then get your eating under control. And if you want more detail on that, go watch that training I put up for you. S'mores Quest Bar for... Oops. Oh, this is going back to normal. Thank God. <laughs> or me. I don't know what's happening. Um, hold on a second. S'mores Quest Bar for dessert. Okay, that's an idea. I, you know, me personally, I'm skipping all them bars. I'm not eating those bars, man. I, I don't care what anyone tells me. The, any food that's processed food made by these companies, I'm not trusting them. You know, it, it, there's all sorts of shit happening. So I would stick with just natural chocolate, fruit. It's less ingredients, the better. Those may be great. I don't know what those are, but I don't like bars in general. Um, Erica, are you able to are you able to slide the comments to the right or left to see if that helps? Let me see. Oh my, Erica, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, that's good. But now I'm, that's all right though. I'm a, I'm a, like blank. But I don't need to look at myself anyways. <laughs> thank you, Erica. All right, that definitely helped. All right, Free Fallen Fresh. That's a cool name. I've lost 91 pounds. I'm now at normal weight. When and how should I go into maintenance calories? Um, well, again, I, I'm going to just hit you with a different perspective. I'm a big fan of of the maintenance calories thing. I, I got to say I'm a little confused by it because a lot of times, let's just say you got your average number of calories, right? Let's say when you were 90 pounds, 91 pounds heavier, you were consuming whatever average amount of calories you were consuming. And then you went to weight loss mode. And what, what most people mean when they go to weight loss mode is they think a drastic reduction in calories, right? And then what they're going to do is going to bring the maintenance up. But the, where's the maintenance going to come up to? Well, we don't know, right? We, I just got to figure that part out. Um, what I suggest to people is the opposite, which is I say, let's go to maintenance first, right? Because I think it's this enormous drop that usually does people in. And so I've found that a lot of people, people do a lot better when they kind of lower down here. And then they kind of plan to be at their maintenance right from the beginning, that being said, um, yeah, it's just kind of like experimenting now, 
you know, kind of p- playing around with what you're eating, um, how you're living and adding some calories in and then noticing what the effects are. All right. And, and that's all I can say because everybody's different. You know, those calorie counters are bullshit. Um, they're just guesstimates, you know, and so whether they're accurate for you or not is, is really questionable. And so for you, it's really and congratulations, by the way, I'm going to say that's, that's quite an accomplishment. Anyone pounds. Great job. Um, but please, most importantly of all, again, you're, you're at risk of this, too. OK, you, you got the overweight mindset and a dieter mindset. And, you know, the dieter, the diet, the overweight mindset, like, I just want to lose weight. I just want to lose the weight. The dieter is the same shit. I just want to lose the weight. And then you lose the weight. And now there's like this vacuum. You know, so just be careful of that. Make sure that you start focusing on, I want to live at my goal weight because you've lost the weight now. It's over. You know, people make the mistake of looking at the weight loss as a finish line. It's not. It's a starting line. Okay, so congratulations on what you've done so far. But now the journey really begins is to live at that weight in a comfortable way. Okay, please understand that because there's nothing worse than doing all the effort and work that you put into that. And then again, just having these two modes which a lot of people are in because now all of a sudden it's weird. What do you focus on? Let's be honest. You gave up the pleasure of the food, but then you replaced it with the pleasure of the scale going down. And now you're at this place where the scale's not going down anymore. So it's not, you're gonna get that excitement, that dopamine hit from watching the scale go down. And so you got to be careful of this. So you got to find other ways to approach this process so that you are getting dopamine hits. The way I would suggest is to, um, I always say this, take your weight loss and wrap it in personal development so that all the benefits that you've gotten out of the weight loss so far, you keep looking for more and more benefits, but they're not weight loss benefits. They're, you feel healthier, you're happier with your behaviors, you're thinking clearer, your relationships are improving, your ability to make more money or work or whatever is important to you in your life, those things you're moving towards. Because you need to have something to look forward to that's improving and progressing and getting better. And a lot of mistake that people make with the weight loss is they kind of get to the goal weight and then they're like, they feel like they're at the finish line. Oh, I did it. No, you didn't. You didn't do it. You, you know, now, now you're doing it. You know, it's, it's living at the goal weight. That's the goal. The 91 pounds of weight loss was not the goal. Okay. I hope I'm making that clear. Cause I, I, I want you to, I want to, I want you to know that now. I, cause again, I want you to keep maintain your success. Um, yeah, yeah. Don says literally stop looking for a weekly result. Do the long game. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Who gives a shit about a weekly? I, I know people say, "Oh, you don't know, just you don't know, Jim." You, when you lose weight any little bit, it can be motivating. I get that, but it's like if your if your main motivation and I get it. We we got to measure what we're doing. Is what I'm doing working? I want to lose weight. Is this way I've been behaving making me lose weight? I understand that. But you have to also understand that weight loss is inconsistent and unpredictable. And so if you're basing all of your motivation around the, the scale going down, you're, you're practically fucked. I don't know how, how you're going to succeed with that mindset because it's guaranteed that your weight one week is going to be a little sticky or something. And it, it, it can just throw you right off track, you know. So I think it's important to identify that and, and have a strategy to deal with it. Um, Don says 13 hours not eating is great. Thank you. I, I, I feel great from it, which again, just reinforces, I don't not eat for 13 hours because I'm trying to lose weight. I, and, and to be honest, well, no, that wouldn't be honest. I originally stopped eating at night because I wanted to lose weight. I knew that was a lot of calories. And, but one of the big things I learned from not eating, that was the first time in my life I stopped eating at night before bed. And what I found out is I felt incredible not eating all the way up to bed. I slept better. I had more energy. Everything got better. Um, it obviously helped me lose weight too. But to be honest, like the way I experienced that not eating at night, it's less about the weight, although that's still a decent part of it. It's more about I just feel a lot better. I sleep a lot better. 
everything feels a lot better, I feel like, when I don't eat so much. Digestion's a huge use of energy in your body. And so when you cut back on how much food you put in your body, it just runs more efficiently. You know, I think, I think it's that simple. Um, Vivana says, regarding alcohol, can you tell me if I have to quit it for life or not? What do you think about it? Um, I don't think you have to quit it for life. I haven't. Um, I think that... I don't think alcohol makes it easier to lose weight for sure for a number of reasons. It's more calories. It's less inhibitions. Um, it's usually more hunger and craving for unhealthy food. Okay. Um, but there's no right or wrong, you know, so I, I can't tell you because um, I don't know you. No one could have told me. People could have laid out the science of why it's better to give up alcohol to lose weight. But you have to understand science is, and I love science, but, but a lot of the science we understand is, is just snapshots of a big picture. And so ultimately you have to dictate it around you. If, um, if you got an issue with alcohol, the way I was drinking alcohol, I was a binge drinker. I had a real problem and I had to give up binge drinking alcohol. Now I know some people say, ah, you know, you're an alcoholic. I did not identify as that. And I guess so far anyways, I could say I've, I've proven myself right that I have a very healthy relationship with alcohol now. Healthy being, I usually drink two nights a week. Um, and if I drink those nights, a couple drinks, never more than four in a night, you know, on average two, three, you know. And I'm happy with that. And I give some, so Jim, but no, 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 no. Okay, I, I know it. What do you want? I'm not the healthiest person on the planet. What do you want from me? So, but the point is you have to come up with your own sense of whether you have to quit it for life or not. Do you want to? Does it cause other problems? Do you have no control over it? Right. I went out the alcohol, my own alcohol. And I said, I don't feel like an alcoholic. I feel like a binge drinker and I feel like I could get control of it. And then I proved that I could. Now, if I said that and then I kept binge drinking for another five years, I'd have to look at the facts and say, I, I can't control it. But that wasn't the case for me. So, again, the point I'm making is that I think you really want to bounce it off of who you are as a person. And I think everything you do should be bounced off of who you are. You know, so um, I don't know. But I don't think alcohol makes it easier. But on the other hand, um, I guess an argument could be made that, you know, it might help reduce stress, which might help reduce overeating. I, I don't know. You know, again, it's, it's up to each person to figure out the path they want to take. Um, Don says, I cringe when I hear diet on anything. Someone trying to lose weight says, sorry, but no, I get it. I get it. You know that Don, cause you're here listening all the time. Um, I'm just really anti diet for so many reasons. And, uh, and they're, they're good reasons, folks. I'm here cause I, I really, I want to help you master your weight. And so the reason I, I don't like hearing dieting is I usually, that's usually a mindset that's going to cause a lot more problems and struggles for you than solutions, you know? And, and it bothers me, the diet thing, because a lot of people walking around thinking dieting is the only way to lose weight and they've, they've failed at it. And so now they feel like I can't lose weight, you know, but really it's because a lot of people can't separate weight loss from dieting, right? They're just synonymous in a person's mind. And, um, I always, you know, if you ask a thousand people in America how to lose weight, you're probably going to hear diet, surgery, medicine, right? You're not going to hear mindset. And so th that bums me out. So anyways, that's why I'm here. Um, yeah. Erica said, hey, Jim, happy Monday. Happy Monday to you, Erica. Sorry about last Thursday. I don't know if you tried to get on that call last Thursday. It was a week. I had a week last week, I would say, you know, broken foot, uh, my br broken internet, which is almost more painful than the foot <laughs> for me Greg's my whole business online. So man, one of the most acute stresses I experience in life is when I have like a coaching call, you know, for my program and, uh, and the internet's down, it, it stresses me out tremendously. 
However, I will say I utilized that time well and I slept and rested, which was good. <laughs> but we're back to normal. We got the internet back and we'll be back. Um, Don says, I'll never go back to bars, protein shakes ever again, processed crud, not good for us. I agree. I think, again, I'm not, I'm not anti-processed stuff in its place and there's a time and a place for it, I suppose. But you have to understand that processed food, in my opinion, the number one goal of processed food across the board is to get you to eat more processed food. And so I don't think it's satiating. I don't think it's satisfying most of the time. Are there exceptions? Probably. Um, but every time I've thought it's an exception, it's turned out to just be another candy bar in terms of protein bars. And I just get to the point, I'm done. You know, it's just extra sugar, extra carbs, extra food I, I don't need most of the time. I'd rather spend those calories on natural food. That, that, that's my opinion. Um, but at the same time, I've seen people lose weight on protein bars too. So it depends on what your goals are. It depends on what you are. So please understand that's the number one rule. You know, you got to build around you. Um, Ava says, when people start your program, do you typically have them start some sort of a calorie deficit? Um, no. I, I mean, yes and no. Let, let, let me be more clear. I, you, you need a calorie deficit in order to lose weight, okay? But I think what most people do, the, the, the typical diet mistake I see Hey, Vicky, what's up? Um, you know, I just want to, I just thought real quick, everyone, I, just, just just to Vicky, but I wanted to thank you for that email you sent afterwards. Um, I appreciate you hearing that, that, that thanks and that gratitude for that. And um, obviously that, that's right back at you um, as one of my favorite clients to work with. The, the, always great, great calls. Um, anyways, uh, back to the calorie deficit. You need to create a calorie deficit. Okay. But, but how quickly do you need to create it? You know, this is where I think the dieting mindset really screws people up more than anything. You know, for so long, the typical diet was telling you to cut down to 1,200 calories, you know, and, and now they estimate the average American anyways is consuming 2,700 calories a day. When you start a plan where you're cutting 50, 60% of your calories down on the first day, uh, you know, what are you doing? You, you know, I know, yeah, well, I want to lose weight fast, but you know, you know, like overwhelming that is to you physically, mentally, emotionally, to, to cut 50, 60% of your calories out, to completely change the way you're eating, all of this stuff. Hey, what's up, Mandy? Got the whole crew here. Um, so, so yeah, so I think a calorie deficit's important, but I think the way people go about it, because they're thinking like a diet and they just want fast results, is they way overcorrect. And when you way overcorrect, you overwhelm yourself and you stick with it for a couple days usually, or a couple weeks. So the way that I approach people, the way that I suggest people create a calorie deficit is we start, again, we're always looking practical, real, strategic solutions. And so what I think is the best way to do that is to look at your worst eating habit. So Ava, if you look at your typical week, what is an eating habit that shows up multiple days that you believe is one of the primary responsible habits that's causing the weight issue? Now, I'll give you the big ones. Um, and one, the one for me, number one by a mile, was snacking at night. I, I would eat easily five eight hundred a thousand calories every night okay every day of the week so it was easy for me to say okay that's my worst habit and so what i want to do is again strategically i'm looking i'm saying okay i want my worst habit i'm not trying to change all of my eating at once i, I can't think of a quicker way to overwhelm yourself and so if i focus on one habit well all of a sudden what i've done is i've chunked it down so it's not like every night i got to eat perfectly it's saying like every night i'm going to work on this habit and now I'm looking at it as a one thing instead of seven things in a week. So it doesn't feel as overwhelming. And now I'm going to systematically go to work on finding a strategy for how I can stop or cut down my calories in the evening. So I hope that makes sense. But it's all built for long-term success. Yes, anyone could just start tomorrow, willpower, cut their calories down to four or 500 calories if you want. I mean, you could just not eat if you want to. 
you know, but that's not a long-term solution. And that's where I find if I metaphorically shift it up, it's like, say you never played the piano and, but you genuinely want to learn it. You genuinely say, I am committed. I want to learn this piano. And so if you sat down and say, okay, my path is going to be that I'm going to start playing 10 hours every day. Well, good luck with that. Because after the first day, your hands are all cramped up. You can't play at all. And you link it to all sorts of negative shit anyways. And now you can't play for a couple of days. And so it's overwhelming. You, that wouldn't be a good strategy. What would be a good strategy is to start small and build up on your success. Okay. And so I think of the same thing with cutting the calories down. You don't have to knock all you know, 1,500 calories out at once. I just think that that's, you tell me, well, what's your experience with it? You know what I mean? Again, I'm going to bounce it back to you. And so I would suggest work on your worst eating habit, number one. And then simultaneously, you can also work to install a really healthy habit. And I usually suggest you focus on the breakfast for that. Get your breakfast dialed in and really get some some traction on your worst eating habit. And so when I say traction, by the way, just one thing I want to make clear. I'm not just talking, okay, now stop yourself from eating at night. No, let's figure out what's going on there. It's probably an emotional component to it. Let, let's seek to understand the behavior first and then let's strategically work to eliminate it so it's gone for good. Let's find an antidote, not just a, a Band-Aid for it. I hope that makes sense. Um, yep, yeah, yep, yep. Nice to see you, Mandy. Um, Don says, we didn't gain it that fast. Why are we going to kill ourselves to lose in a week? Yeah, I, I get it. It's the impatience, right? And I know I know the impatience is hard to deal with, okay? But let me let me kind of turn that on itself, right? And by asking a question, how long do you want to keep the weight off for? How long would you, you I know you want to lose weight and you always think that, but the question that you don't think about enough is how long do you want to keep it off for? Now I know your reflexes say forever, right? You're saying that. But you're not acting like that. You're not acting like that at all. But to be honest, you're acting like a little baby. Now, don't get upset about that. There's nothing wrong. We all act like little babies in different areas of our lives, okay? Don't be upset. I act like a baby with things too. Um, but you're acting like a baby when it comes to your weight because you say, if I can't lose all the weight this month or a lot of it this month, then I'm not going to do it. It's not worth it, right? And, and you feel that way and, and you've got to manage that. You know, you, you need to feel more calm and relaxed because once you feel more calm and relaxed, you start seeing things more clearly, this is genuinely true. I mean, you're literally activating a different nervous system and your brain literally functions different. But anyways, once we start looking at things in a longer term way, um, we can make more strategic decisions, you know, to get us where we want to go. No. Um, how's the foot? Hope you're okay. Thank you for asking. Uh, foot is pretty good. I got to say, in terms of a break, this is the best break anyone could have had. I, I really feel that way. And so it sucks. Um, it kind of screwed things up, but... I feel like I'm bouncing back quick and it's not that painful. So I'm very, very thankful for that. Um, Shireen says, listening every day. Thank you for this. You're welcome, Shireen. I'm glad. That's what I'm here for. And if you're not, Shireen, if you haven't gotten anyone, if you haven't gone to my bio and gotten that hypnosis session and watched those trainings, I don't even know what you're doing, which is. All right. I'm going to say it real quick. I'm going to, I see you right. I'm going to get, how do I stop binging? Um, you know, I say a lot of times on these lives and just in general that, you know, because you're sitting here, right? There's, there's people watching this, right? And I know whoever's watching this wants to lose weight, probably thinks about it all the time, you know? Um, but it's not happening. And you're wondering why, you know? You're saying, geez, you know, all I do is think about losing weight and it's not happening. And um, why is that? Well, I would say one of the big reasons why is that you don't really want to lose weight. I think it's very important to make the distinction between want and wish. I think you wish you'd lose weight. Right? I think you, you wish you think about losing weight all the time in terms of like, I wish I'd lose weight. I wish I'd start eating better tomorrow. I wish I'd lose weight. Be more specific with your words because want is really like, 
you know, I want to make, I want to get my paycheck every week. So I'm going to go to work, you know, um, I want my kids to be healthy. So I'm going to make them breakfast in the morning even when I don't feel like it, you know? And if you really look at it that way, I think you're going to find your wishes just off the charts for wanting to lose weight. You, you wish you'd lose weight completely. Your actual want, desire, real commitment to it is probably way lower. And that's one of the, the first things we always want to recognize because I'm a big believer that the, the core thing you have to overcome first before you can lose any weight is really your motivation. I find most people really don't know how to, how to manage their motivation, their weight loss motivation. That's why in the program, it's the first thing we start with. Um, to the point, I was thinking, I got an email list and I was sending out an email. I, I put this new program together. It's an email program, seven day email program for your mindset. And it's so good, right? You get seven, each day you get an email lesson. You just read through it. And there's two versions of the program. So if you don't want to do the full thing, you just read the email. And then there's some questions just to kind of trigger some thoughts and help you develop a new mindset. And then if you want to go really far with it, there's questions there you can journal. And I give you a whole training, hypnotic writing, how to do this, right with it. It's really powerful, you know? All a person has to do is click on a link and they instantly get the lesson. And it's like 10% of the people clicked on the link. It's free. It's free. I give it to them. And so, again, the amount of effort people are actually willing to make this change is usually pretty low, you know? Um, and I, I'm not picking on you. I'm just saying, like, if you're going to, if you got a problem, that, you know, if your car's not running right, the very first thing that can has to do is to have to, have to analyze the problem, figure out what is the actual problem, right? And I'm sitting here telling you, you keep thinking it's a meal plan problem. You think, oh, it's my cravings that are the problem. Oh, I have no willpower. I'm telling you, it's not that it's always your mindset and specifically within your mindset, your motivation, you're not truly motivated to lose weight. Most likely anyways, um, how do I stop binging? Okay. Well, before you can stop binging, I think the first thing you have to recognize is why you're binging. Okay. And so instead of just trying to stop it, I think you're better served by seeking to understand it. Typically I find two core reasons for binging. They're not mutually exclusive. So sometimes both of them are happening at the same time. First one is people are over restricting. Um, they're over restricting during the day and they're getting themselves so hungry. They can't control their hunger. They're, they're eating. Um, number two is usually some emotional thing. There's some big emotions you don't want to deal with. And so you use the eating and then the shame cycle to avoid those emotions. You know, those are the two big ones. It could be something completely different too. But what I'd suggest for you, Royda, is just start to notice after you binge kind of Monday morning quarterback it, look back on it and understand it. What, what was going on there? I don't want to binge. I want to lose weight. I want to be healthier. What triggered that? What happened? and seek to understand it. And just doing this alone brings more information into your awareness. And with that information, now you can be more strategic in resolving it. So that, that's what I would suggest. Um, Vicky says, exactly, we're conditioned to think the focus is losing the weight instead of changing. Yeah, absolutely. Our mindset, lifestyle, and eating habits so we can stay at our goal weight forever. Yeah, exactly. Vicky just summed it right up there. Perfect. Yep, yep. What's up, Mary? Um, yeah. Erica says, I had a shit week, but I learned from it and back to my good habits because I want to feel good. Hey, oh, you also write that down, Erica. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. And what a different, you know, it's such a different mindset than what people have with the weight loss because you're locked into this all or nothing mindset, which is the most damaging mindset you could have when it comes to weight loss because you're not going to be perfect. You know, the idea that you're just going to instantly one Monday be perfect until you lose your goal weight, it's so stupid I, I can't think anything else is stupider almost. It's so dumb. And we're talking about your life here. You think you just decide to be a totally different person. You just magically become that person. Like, are you not a human? I mean, how old are you? Like, like have you not been alive for a long time and realize we're all kind of stuck in this place where we want to be 
a version of ourselves and, and act a certain way and we struggle to do it. You know what I mean? But now all of a sudden you're going to change. They estimate we make over 200 food decisions a day. What, you're instantly tomorrow? Oh, today's Monday. So anyone that started their plan is on it right now, first day. You think you're going to make those 200 decisions perfect for the next, what, three months, six months till you lose all the weight? I mean, you know, Erica, that's perfect. And again, there's nothing wrong with having off weeks. You're going to have them. So there can't be anything wrong with it. And um, there's nothing wrong with having a shit week. And then as long as you learn from it. One of the most biggest things, you know? Biggest says, one of your biggest challenges you put to me. Do you even want to lose weight? Thank you. I always ask that, folks. What did I just tell you? I said your your biggest challenge is your motivation. You're not motivated to lose weight. If you're not losing weight, I guarantee you it's because you're not motivated. Get upset if you want to, but I'm, I'm telling you, it's it's 90% of the battle. And um, I'll prove it to you, okay? You don't believe me, but how motivated are you to lose weight right now? Scale of zero to 10. How motivated are you to lose weight? 10 being the most. Okay? Now let's imagine, this is just a thought experiment. I'll get upset. It's just a way to, you know, conceptualize motivation. But let's just imagine the person in your life that you care the most about was kidnapped. And the kidnapper said, if you don't lose weight this month, you're never going to see this person again. So now on that, in that scenario, what's your motivation now? Is it a 10? Is it, is it higher than it was before? No. Most likely... Now, again, think about that for a second, right? Imagine this person you love the most was kidnapped and you couldn't get them back unless you lost weight. How easy would it be for you to lose weight? Right? You just stop eating. You wouldn't give a shit how hungry you were, how cravings you, you had, nothing, you know? Because you'd be so focused and motivated on the goal. So you see, when you're properly motivated, that does most of the heavy lifting, most of the work. But you're not properly motivated, you know? Um, so what do you want from me? I'm not trying to be a dick. <laughs> I'm just, I'm trying to be honest with you all, you know, because I just feel like there's not a lot of honesty, you know, and I'll tell you something else I would have never imagined. I've been working in weight loss for, thanks, Don. Um, I've been working in weight loss for over 20 years professionally. I've been doing this personally for over 30 years, but 20 years of doing this professionally, I've done over 5,000 private weight loss sessions, but I've consistently just worked with people that just want to lose weight. So I get on TikTok and now it's out to everyone. And of course, people that have eating disorders are especially triggered by what I'm saying, I understand that, you know, that's not my intention. Um, but it turns out if I make a video, right, about how do you deal with hunger, right? Because if you're going to lose weight, you're probably going to feel a little hungry. And so how do you deal with that? Well, if I make that video, now people are accusing me of being pro-anorexia. And so you just realize, you're like, wow, it's really hard to talk about some of the nuts and bolts because that's the hardest thing, isn't it? Do you, is it not the hardest part of losing weight? The fact that you already know you should, shouldn't eat. The problem is you get you get ready to do it, you get your healthy day, and now it's seven, eight o'clock at night. You've been eating great all day. And now the little voices start. Oh, let's get some ice cream. Let's eat some cookies, let's some chips. Let's get a pizza. Right? And then how do I deal with that? How do I not eat when I know I've eaten enough for the day, but now I got the, these thoughts and ideas? Well, it turns out on social media, if you start talking about strategies to do that, you get attacked. You know what I mean? It made me realize. It's just, it's a crazy world we live in because 70, it's 82% of the American population is overweight or obese now. But I can't talk about strategies for not eating when you've had enough to eat because I'm going to get attacked, right? I could get my account banned. I've gotten it banned. I'll get it back, you know, because they, they, you know, someone, a human looks at it and realizes, oh, I'm not, I'm not pro anorexia, but I'm just saying it's just, it's a crazy world out there that 82% of the population is overweight or obese, struggling with, with real health issues because of it. And if someone gets out there talking about real strategies to deal with the eating thing, 
I don't know. So, so what I'm trying to say is that it, it really does come out of mindset piece. There's a lot of things you're not considering. You have no sense that they're there. You just keep, you have this shit mindset, this diet mindset, and you just keep trying more tactics. But the core problem is that you have this mindset that's dooming you from the beginning. And even the things you think of as solutions, like Ozempic, right? There's some glutide medicines. You think of them as this, oh, wow, you know, I got to lose the weight with that. Well, I mean, that's contextual. Yes, you, it may help you lose weight, but if we zoom out a little bit, it's still causing the problem. It's just causing your pancreas to produce more insulin, which is going to make you more insulin resistant, which is the core problem, you know? And so we have to be careful of where we're at within the paradigm, you know, how we're thinking about things, what mindset are we in? And we tend to, again, most weight loss, we're approaching those, the conversation of weight loss is happening within a dieter's mindset. So a lot of what I'm doing is I'm trying to take you out of that mindset so we can see things in a fresh way. And one of those ways I do that is ask, do you even want to lose weight? Because you probably don't. You probably are comfortable right where you're at. And part of where you're at is thinking about losing weight all day long. But just because you think about losing weight all day long doesn't mean you want to lose weight, folks. Please understand that. I'm telling you this because this is one of the main things that's screwing you up. I'll give you an example. I'm going to throw this word out there. In sales, they, they used to say, watch out for mental masturbation. What's that mean? It means I got no sales this week, but I got that person last week said they were interested. I got this person from a couple weeks ago said in two weeks, give me a call, right? And when we're just in our heads thinking about the sales we could have, right? <laughs> Look, I'm paying I got no sales, right? So we got to be careful about what we're running around in our head. And when it comes to weight loss, people are doing this all the time. They're walking around thinking, I really want to lose weight. I got to lose weight. I lose weight. At some point, some, next week, I'm going to start my keto plan. Next week, I'm going to start my intermittent fasting. Next week, I'm going to do my perfect plan. And then I'm going to lose all the weight. It's the false hope syndrome. Weight loss isn't that hard. I know, I know what I got to do. I just got to get myself to do it. Next Monday, I think I'm going to get myself to do it. How long have you been saying that to yourself? You know, so again, my job as a coach is to, is to point out the obvious that you're missing. And this is one of the main things you're missing. You're not motivated. You think you're motivated. You're not. This is one of the main reasons you're fucked because if you feel like I, you know what I hear the most when people join my program, I get this so much, Jim, I don't know. I, I've tried everything and nothing's worked. I, I don't know how this is going to work, but I, I kind of believed in you, whatever. I don't know though. You haven't tried everything. First of all, <laughs> you know what I mean? But if you're in your head thinking you've tried everything to lose weight and hasn't worked, that's one of the most damaging beliefs you can have because A, it's not true. But B, if you believe that's true, then how hard are you going to try? And here you are because what are your methods for losing weight? What? Keto? Intermittent fasting? Weight Watchers? Mediterranean diet? Things you've tried 50 other times they haven't worked? They tried once and then 50 times since then they haven't worked? Why are they going to work the 51st time? You know? But you're living in this false hope syndrome reality. You got to be careful. If you are, you got to check it because it's it's a mental cancer almost. You know, it's going to sabotage everything you want to make happen. But you know, it all starts with uh, all starts with motivation. Um, and I'm so proud of you, Eric. I'm really glad you wrote that because and, and we'll talk about get on the call tomorrow because I want to talk about more of that because I want to I want to extract even more value out of a, a shit week. A shit week. I'll set. I, not listen, folks. <laughs> you're, you're talking to a guy who's right on the tail end of two shit weeks. One was vacation, so that was a fun one. Um, and then I got back and get right back on track and I break my foot Monday night, you know, and that threw me into a, a bit of a tailspin. I didn't eat any salads all last week. Um, made a bunch of cookies. This I, I'm, I'm off track with my eating. 
but I'm learning a lot and I'm, I'm happily, I'll take a week of shitty eating, a couple weeks of shitty eating to learn something valuable. And, and that, that's such an important mindset. And I, I don't, I don't think most people have that, you know, but it's really, really valuable. Um, Don says, here just change got me was like you losing the kitchen after dinner. Try it, friends. Yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure. Closing the kitchen. Yeah, closing the kitchen after dinner. I love that one. Yeah, dinner and done, right? Right, Erica? That's one of the calls. Yeah, that's one of the... In my program, by the way, so just to, just to point out, I, I think you need to take a different aim at things for, for the weight loss piece. But, but the big thing, I think, is changing your mindset. So how do you do that, though? And so I do, I use hypnosis to help people do this. This is part of the program, but it's an important part. Every morning I deliver the program through your phone. You wake up in the morning, you look at your phone, there's a message from you, click on it, and it brings you to a five-minute hypnosis session. You listen to that session in the morning, it calms you down, it relaxes you, and it puts this positive stuff in your mind. Each session has a weight loss mantra in it. One of them's dinner and done. And so you put this idea in your mind so that after eight weeks, which is how long the course is, Every day you get a five minute session in the morning, a 10 minute session at night and every day and, and each morning session is different. Each night session, you get one for the weeks because you listen to it repeatedly, but you're developing a thin and healthy mindset. And when you realize that that's out there and then you realize, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? You're going to try and follow a keto plan again this week. You're going to try and count your points again. You're going to try and intermittent fast without changing any of your thinking. How is that going to work? I, I don't understand it. It's, it's just strange. I, I do understand a little bit more. I'm reading this book called Your Future Self. And one of the main points he makes in this book that I think is so fascinating is they've done scans on people and they have them think about their future self. And it turns out when people think about their future self, they think about, you think about your future self the same way you think about a stranger. So thinking about your future self and thinking about a stranger, it's, you think about it the same way. And so this kind of explains that false hope syndrome because you're, you're living behind this idea that some magic Monday you're going to wake up as some totally different version of yourself that can follow the keto plan perfect, that can, you know, intermittent fast perfectly, you know? But you have to, you have to adjust for that. Your brain's never going to stop doing that. Again, it's a cognitive bias. You're always going to think that way, that somehow magically next Monday is going to be different. You're going to be ready to hit that plan perfectly from that point forward. But you've got to balance that out because it's bullshit. It's fucking bullshit. You're not going to start off some Monday and just be perfect with your reading. You know, what'll happen is most likely best case scenario, you're going to have some spontaneous pain based event. You're going to step on the scale and go, holy shit. You're going to see a picture of yourself. Say, oh my God, I didn't realize I was that big. The clothes aren't going to fit that you swore would always fit. Um, you got to go to the doctor. Some painful thing's going to happen that's intense. And then you're going to say, that's it. That is it. I've got to do it this time. And then you're going to follow the plan really well for a couple weeks, maybe a couple months, and you'll get great results. And then you'll fall off the plan. Sorry to be a dick, but is that not is that not what you've experienced? I'm not gonna I'm not gonna just ignore the most common thing that happens to every single person because it sounds negative. You know, listen, I'll tell you the thing that triggers people the most is like when they're on a diet and they're losing weight, and I will say, "What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do when you get to your goal weight? What are you gonna do if you make a mistake? If you, if you backslide a little bit?" People get very upset when you ask them that, and it's because a lot of people's weight loss success is really the foundation of it is this extreme negative emotion you know when, when people succeed which is really rare but when they do succeed with weight loss it's you look at your own successes others short of oh you got a wedding coming up or some class reunion or something like that coming up but short of that times when you've lost weight on a diet has it not been triggered by some really pain-based thing your picture the scale just something that's it i'm not doing this anymore and then you do it for a little bit and you even get some good results, but you can't keep it up because you never changed your mindset. Again, you've got an overweight mindset, a dieter mindset. 
and you just went into the dire mindset hard because you were in so much pain and then you lost the weight and then you didn't know how to maintain it because you never practiced that. So I don't know. Like, again, I'm not, I'm not here to make friends. <laughs> I want to be friends with you all. I don't, I'm not, a, I'm not a, um, a, a, a confrontational person even, but I'm here in this mode to help you master your weight. And the typical diet mindset is not going to help you do that most likely. If it hasn't worked for decades, why would it all of a sudden work? Right. Um, <laughs> your weight loss story. My weight loss story is, uh, you know, 30 pounds ago, 30 pounds ago, 30 years ago, I was 50 pounds heavier than I am now. I was binge drinking. I was just eating like shit. Um, you know, and that was going to be my future. You know, people look at me and say, oh, you don't even know weight issues. Well, I don't believe that. I mean, I was 50 pounds heavier and. Uh, about 12 years ago, I just had a, a time of life that was really challenging and hard. And I put like 25 pounds on. So I, my last, I went on vacation, I put eight pounds on. So um, I don't know about that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm thin looking now, but it's like I just as easily when I start letting go of my eating, I start putting weight on, you know? So um, really what, what it came down to is changing my mindset, um, changing my lifestyle, and obviously changing the way that I'm eating. Uh, you know, and so anyways, I, I, I'm, I'm going to leave it there for now, but, um, if you want to get more of that story, I would suggest go to my bio, click that link, get that hypnosis session and watch the training. The training is the most valuable thing I give you all. I, I truly believe that. Um, you know, but it's all free folks. It's, it's free. Yes. I have a coaching program too. You can work with me, but, um, I, I give you this stuff for free so that you can get the full story and, and start your own story. Okay. Um, so the, the, the key thing here is that it's really not a weight loss story. It's a weight mastery story. I, I've mastered my weight. I can weigh exactly what I want. If you took my brain and put it in your body, you got menopause, you got PCOS, you got Hashimoto's, you got insulin resistance, we're going to start losing weight. Because I, I, I not only am super motivated to master my weight, but I've got just limited, limitless strategies practically. And most importantly, I've got a process to figure out how to get myself to the weight I want to be at in a comfortable, automated, automated way. You know, and that's what I teach people. Um, Eric says, yeah, we've scoped, soaked up the info like a sponge. You two really have. I could definitely say that. Definitely. Um, yeah, your honesty is refreshing. Thanks, Jim. You're welcome. I, again, that's what I'm here for. I really, I, I really work to be as honest as I can because I really, I do pride myself on that. That's my, my favorite, like, co compliment people pay me from clients is that what I'm offering is practical. And um, that really, that's probably the, the, the compliment I always take home the most because, again, with weight loss, this industry, it's just everyone giving you, like, the perfect thing that you're supposed to do. And I just, it makes me so fucking mad because it's like, well, no shit. Do, do you know what I mean? Oh, I want to lose weight. Should I do? Oh, just eat 1,000 calories. You, you'll drop weight quick. Oh, is that what we're doing? Like, is that, if you're satisfied by that answer, <clears throat> you're not thinking about this very much. You know what I mean? Because it's like, you already know what you should do. The problem is you don't have to get yourself to do it consistently, you know? So we need practical, real solutions, not just like, oh, just do this, just do this thing, just do this thing. Great. Those are tactics. And there's a place for tactics, obviously. But ultimately, if your mindset's not straight, you're not going to do those tactics. So that's what I think. Uh, Denise says, you're in my head whenever I'm deciding on my food intake. I love that. That's great. That's great. Restriction-based diet, sure tried all that. Yeah, of course, right? Yeah. Absolutely true. Recently, I started connecting to my future thin self through meditation. That's awesome, Vicky. Yes, yes, yes. Um, yes, the issue me is I was constantly restricted by my current physical body. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, 
Yeah, you got to get off the train. That, that is so true. And the beauty of that approach as well is that, you know, if you can get off just the physicality of weight loss, you know, and what I mean by that is that sometimes when people want to lose weight, like all they're doing is just fixating on that scale. And, um, you know, it's funny, I, I won't mention your name, even though you're, you're here, but I was talking about this the other day. There's something about, and, and I, 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 I'm always looking for the science behind this, but I, I have not found it yet. But what happens a lot of times with weight loss is people get so fixated on the weight loss and the, and the scale and the calories. They get so fixated on the minutia of the weight loss and then they don't lose any weight. And because I've worked with so many people like this and it, it's still at the anecdotal level. I haven't seen the reason why I could say, oh, maybe it's cortisol. Um, maybe it's other stress hormones or stress responses that, that cause this. It would make sense to me, but it's just such a profound shift when people, they go from micromanaging every little calorie, every little thing about weight loss to doing this more intuitive, holistic approach that I you know, share in the program. Um, and then they start losing weight. And again, I, I couldn't explain exactly why it happens, but, but someone put this to me because they used to work with um, in vitro fertilization and couples wanting to get pregnant. And they were saying the same thing that they would get so, so tense and fixated on getting pregnant and then finally they say, oh, fuck it, you know what I mean? It's too stressful. I don't care what happens. And then they get pregnant, you know? And so there's something to you that I swear. And again, if I am ever able to kind of pinpoint the science, I, I will share that with you because I'll be fascinated by it. But I share this with you now, you know, before the science even before it comes, is that sometimes I think people get so obsessed with the scale, the numbers, what they look like, that they're missing the whole big picture, which is that you could make healthy choices today and you could feel light years better when you go to sleep tonight, when you wake up tomorrow morning, just from one day of making better choices, of feeling better, of feeling more in control, of feeling happier, you know? And I think people get so fixed on the weight to their own detriment, you know? Yes, it's fun to watch the scale go down, but that's just one little piece of the puzzle. Again, this is why I say you should take your weight loss and wrap it in personal development. There's so much more going on here, you know, that, that you can really turn yourself into the person you want to be. You know, one part of that's weighing what you want, but there's so many other pieces of it. There's having the energy you want, the, the mental clarity, the ability to take action, the feeling of success, the feeling of being in control, being powerful, like, like all these wonderful things personally that you can experience along this journey. And um, I think the more you start to focus on those, the better, you know, and, and it not only gives you more tools during this process, but it feels better. And that's what the real goal ultimately is because the weight loss in of itself doesn't make you feel better. It really doesn't. I know, I know people, Oh, you don't know, Jim. You, I, I do know because I work with people. I, I just told you the story. <laughs> you know, I got people that are ex brilliant people and they'll get on the thing and say, ah, it's a shitty week. I lost two pounds, you know? And it's like, again, we can make anything seem good or bad, you know? So how, how our mindset is and how we're looking at things has such a huge impact. Um, Tina D said, I just want to feel better. The scale changes are just a bonus. That's a great way to think about it, Tina. And so I know some people say, ah, bullshit. Well, maybe you don't 100% believe it, but if you actively work to find all other things that feel amazing as well, in addition to the scale, again, you just add more motivation to the process and it makes it easier. The more motivated you are, the easier the process is. And most people don't know how to manage their motivation. You know, that's why we start with it. I take people through what I call the motivation matrix. There's level one and level two. Level one is how to utilize pain and pleasure strategically. And level two is literally the science of motivation. It's intrinsic, extrinsic motivation. There, scientists have studied this and there's a science of motivation. And if you're serious about losing weight, don't you think you should know that? 
don't you think you should know about the science of motivation during this journey for yourself? You know, I, I think it, it just changes the whole thing, you know? So, you know, it, it just, <laughs> it makes sense to me, but uh, people could do what they're going to do. But anyways, all right, everyone, I'm going to get out of here. Got to get, get cracking. I got a call coming up. Um, if you have not yet go to my, go to my, uh, bio, click that link and get your hypnosis session. Watch that training. I give you three steps to master your weight. Um, you can listen to the podcast as program yourself. Then, uh, I took a little break last week, but those are getting back. Um, you know, and, uh, yeah, check out new TikToks coming all the time. I always got those coming for you. And, uh, yeah. And if you're really serious, you know, join the program. We got coaching calls every Tuesday and Thursday. So you'll be there, uh, be there for tomorrow. Uh, thanks, Vicky. I appreciate that. Yeah, foot, foot's feeling pretty good. Now I just got to be careful not to push it too much because it feels it feels so good. I just got to keep taking it easy. That's kind of the hard part now. Um, so anyways, yeah, you're welcome, Tina. I'm glad you appreciate the advice. The advice. And uh, I can't read your, your name, but you're great. I always like hearing that. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. All right, everyone, have a super day, and we will talk again soon. Bye.